Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse and the National Women's Soccer League both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter wonderful pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch, and the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, wonderful pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, here we go. It is a Wednesday. How lucky are we? Who's got it better than us? Nobody. Live in Los Angeles, it's the Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Lakers Suns amazing last night. Get to that in five minutes. That was a great regular season game. Suns got hosed, the officials, L.A., whatever. <laughs> and, uh, oh, oh my God, the Jet Circus is unbelievable. <laughs> oh, God. Lord. Do we have to talk about the Jets? Can't we just talk about the greatest NBA player in the history of the sport? How good was LeBron last night? Oh, we'll, we'll get to that. So, Favre to the Jets, it was pretty embarrassing for a lot of reasons. Uh, Aaron Rodgers to the Jets has officially pivoted to embarrassing. So, Diana Rossini broke the story that Zach Wilson was asked to play, and he didn't want to play. The kid from BYU, the quarterback, it hasn't worked. We don't need to go into details on that. It hasn't worked. So, he was asked to play after he was benched, and he's like, I don't want to play. And the Jets are freaking out. Who's leaking it? Where's it coming from? And Diana Rossini is doubling down on her report on the Michael K. show in New York. I think right now everyone's trying their best to try to figure out, you know, what was it a player? Was it a coach? Was it a trainer? Was it somebody that works in security? I can just tell you that it was multiple people that are very aware because the entire building has been aware of this for over a week now that Zach Wilson has had reluctance to wanting to go back in there. He's expressed it openly. Aaron wanted all the power, all the attention, all the leverage, all his guys. He got it, and it's a remarkable mess. Green Bay's just humming along, and so is Mike McCarthy. You know, it's been interesting to watch Aaron, who I was very critical of early, but I did acknowledge I liked him better than Favre, and he's one of the great throwers of the football up there with Dan Marino and Joe Montana I've ever seen. Then he got a little weird. Sometimes guys do. They're older, never married, no kids, not even sure he has a dog. It's all about him. I've seen other guys like that. Gets richer and richer. A little stranger. He views himself now as an oracle, a truth teller, above cliched narratives of the media or the government, above mandates, above vaccines, not beholden to structure or norms of society like the rest of us mere mortals. He is a prophet, a guru. Well, here's a cold, hard truth. Green Bay is laughing this morning. Brian Gudenkunst is probably texting Joe Douglas, Welcome to my world. 
Here's another truth. To be friends with Aaron, it's always got to be on his terms. He'll dictate what you need to do, and you'll need to comply. Those are the realities of Aaron. For years, there were passive-aggressive shots at Gudenkunst and Matt LaFleur at the end. And I had two different Packer teammates tell me he would roll his eyes at Mike McCarthy in the huddle. Mike McCarthy's doing just fine now. Yes, you wanted the smoke, Aaron, and now you've got it. The New York media, the dysfunction of the Jets, this is what they are. Green Bay is currently in the playoffs, and the Jets are tied for the second worst record in the AFC. Colin, it's not his fault. Well, he wanted Alan Lazard, and he wanted Nat Hackett, and, of course, that running back, Dalvin Cook, was on the market, and I'm sure he made it clear it would be nice to have another running back, even though I said on this show, you've got Brees Hall. Running back's not an issue. Fix the O-line. But Aaron knew better. Why not? He's a guru, a truth-teller, Joe Rogan with a spiral. He has all the answers. Oh, boy. You know, the Green Bay Packers, bless their little Dockers-wearing hearts, are a lot like Disneyland. They've never been the coolest place, but it's easy to have a good time there. Green Bay just keeps chugging along, doing what they do, finding the next quarterback, making him sit on a bench for three years and watch another great quarterback. Then that quarterback, Favre Rogers, falls in love with Favre and Rogers, and then they let him go to the Jets, and then it's a grease fire. And then Green Bay, actually, for a year, it's a little bumpy with the first year Aaron and the first year Jordan Love, but you look up a little while down the road, and Green Bay's still winning, and the Jets are still a tire fire. Aaron's truth was a silence retreat. The NFL's truth, the Jets are always noisy. Welcome to the jungle. Here's Aaron on the latest leaks, and he is not happy. We need to get to the bottom of whatever this is coming from and put a stop to it privately uh, because there's no place in, in a winning culture where... And there's been, this is not the only time. There's been a bunch of other leaks. I think it's um, at its core, and, and uh, you know, I think it has no place in, in a winning organization. You were at a winning organization, and were increasingly unimportant in that winning organization. And at the end, coddled in that winning organization, they went above and beyond. You went to a retreat, and then were shocked when you came out and they said, okay, enough is enough, we're going to go with the kid. Can't blame Green Bay. These are choices we all make. I say it often. Mirrors still work. Head into the bathroom, stare at it. We become reluctant to. This is all of Aaron's making. He could very well right now, had he embraced those young receivers in Green Bay, who, by the way, a year later, looked damn, they look damn good. All those receivers you were impatient with last year, they look good. <laughs> and Jordan Love gets to play with those guys for the next four and five years? They're not even paying them for three and four years. Jets could use a second receiver. As far as I can tell, Green Bay has four I like and the money to go buy another if they wanted. Guru, Oracle, you're a football player, handsome guy, rich, good at what you do. Let people do what they do. You throw a football like you do, and that's how good organizations run. Brady left New England for years, but he acknowledged as he left and became a dynasty that he had no real sailing personnel. Either did Joe Montana in San Francisco. Either does Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Know what you know, do what you do, and let others respectfully do what they do. Aaron wanted power, smoke, and leverage. You got it. You got it. All right, so last night was a really, really high-end regular season game in the NBA. They've created this in-season tournament, and there's a lot of grumpy people that don't like it, but for whatever reason, the players like it. And they're playing really hard. And two nights ago, we got the Celtics and the Pacers, and it felt like a playoff game. And last night, I'm watching the Suns and the Lakers, and my takeaway is, damn, these guys are fighting for rebounds. These guys are fighting for loose balls. This is good. Now, the Suns got hosed at the end on a, on a bad call, but it was a go-either-way game. You know, both teams will be fine. Bradley Beal wasn't there. Uh, you know, Suns never have their full roster. But in the end, it was a very, very good game. You can't call a timeout if you don't have possession. The Lakers didn't have possession. Austin Reeves, loose ball, is a bad call against the Suns. And the Lakers went on to win. It's not going to affect anything big picture for the NBA. But it was a bad call. Lakers got the call at home. Suns didn't on the road.
But I'm sitting there thinking about that game after. LeBron's been a Laker now. This is year six. And since he's arrived, he's been way better than I thought he would be for a longer period of time. He's been way better. And the Lakers roster and teams have actually been kind of worse than I thought they would be. I figured LeBron, 38 years old, about to be 39 at this point, would be giving you about 17 points a night. He takes care of his body, playing about 50 games a year, and kind of like have a supporting cast around him that can, you know, do the lifting. Uh, that's That's not what it is. LeBron is still the go-to player for the Lakers. He is their offensive stallion in the fourth quarter. Anthony Davis is the better defensive player, but he disappears long stretches, long halves. LeBron is their go-to player in the fourth, and some nights he's the best player on the team. Or, excuse me, best player on the floor. I got nothing against Austin Reeves. He should be a good number five starter or first guy off a bench. I like Rui. Jared Vanderbilt doesn't give you much offensively. D'Angelo Russell's a little screwy for me. I wouldn't have signed him to an extension, but he's got some talent. But the Lakers largely, to be honest, have let LeBron down. And LeBron doesn't pout. He's a mason, brick after brick. He remarkably leads the NBA. I'm going to read this slowly. In shots made in the fourth quarter over Giannis, Luka, Steph, Tatum, Jokic. The heck? Leads the NBA in shots made. Six years in, he's been better than I thought. Delivered big moments two, three times more often than I thought he would. And the Lakers have kind of let him down. He could have easily, after the title in the bubble, faded into the background. The Lakers, as an ownership group, the Bus family is one of the poorest, actually, in the NBA. It's, a, it's, it's like your local grocery store chain. And LeBron's the patriarch, <laughs> you know, like the restaurant, where he wants to hand it over to the kids to run the restaurant. But there's LeBron every night, mopping the floors, making the last hamburger, making the last meal, serving the last customer, closing the shop every night. It's really been remarkable to watch. Head down, grateful. Six-year, no slowing down, jet fuel in the fourth, still carries the team. And against the Phoenix Suns and Kevin Durant and all that talent on the floor, he was the best player in the game late. That is insane. Here he was after. You got some of the most alpha male competitors in the world. And if you give us an opportunity to play for something, something meaningful, um, with an incentive then you'll get what you get. The in-season tournament is what it is, and we have an opportunity to, you know, play on a big stage, be on national television, be able to represent our families and represent our, our cities and communities where we come from. I don't know how, as he turns 39, they're going to keep getting these minutes out of LeBron in the fourth quarter, but sometimes I feel like Brady at the end, I felt like I was just getting bonus games. Is like Brady's career's over. This is like the bonus section of Brady's career. I don't really deserve these. None of us really deserve them. This doesn't make any sense. Like genetically, it doesn't make any sense what Tom Brady did, what LeBron's doing. But for six years, I know there's a lot of LeBron critics. He has over-delivered. And the Lakers, frankly, have kind of under-delivered. Look at the roster. Eh, probably not beating the Celtics. Eh, it's not beating Denver. <laughs> If Bradley Beal ever plays consistently, probably not going to beat Phoenix. Pretty impressive stuff. Um, you were there last night, right? Oh, yeah. What a scene. You know, we saw something in December we've never seen in the NBA. A team playing defense. <laughs> the Lakers <laughs> forced 20 turnovers. Yeah. By the way, Devin Booker, I watched him a lot. I mean, he's a fantastic player. He's becoming a Luka Doncic, like yelling at the refs on every single play. Cam Reddish is hugging him up and bothering him, and Booker's just complaining. And It was just a phenomenal basketball game. Yeah, we game. saw the Celtics Pacers a couple nights ago, and you're like, wow, this feels like a playoff game. So the NBA decided they knew their regular seasons were soft and the players were doing load management, so they had some financial um, incentives. And so they create this in-season tournament where they change the court appearance. And for whatever reason, it works. And some of these, last night's game was, and I'm, I watched three quarters of it. My takeaway was, this is intense. These guys were fighting for rebounds and yelling at the refs. And it was like, that was good regular season. There's 82 games in the regular season. Yeah. Listen, I fly 
occasional weekends. I'm tired for two days after. These guys are flying all over the country, not regionally, nationally, and it's a long season. And to get games like that, tip of the cap to both teams. You don't want to read too much into one game, but the Lakers have now beat the Suns three times in three games this season. They match up great with them because of Cam Reddish, Vanderbilt. The Wings can defend KD and Booker and Beal when he comes back. You know, I Laker, Lakers Nuggets may be the Western Conference Finals, Colin. They, Lakers just match up great. It'd with, be nice I mean, if somebody beyond LeBron had to carry the team in the fourth. Well, Anthony Davis oh, no, that's he had a good he first half. He got a lot of rebounds. And Austin <laughs> Reeves. How about Austin Reeves? I mean, Colin, come on. I, I heard he went to Hemothy University. Are you aware of that? He's him. Austin Reeves is him. Oh, oh God. You didn't like that? No. He buried that three and was just flexing in front of Grayson Allen. Place was going bonkers. Yeah, the crowd was amazing. Yeah. It really is. It, it's amazing to me. It's it speaks so well of American sports fans. It is a Tuesday night in Los Angeles. It's hard to get in. It's hard to get out. And that place is packed and going bonkers yeah. on a Tuesday night. I'm sitting home. You know, I'm sitting there with a Diet Coke, watching the game, chilling out. <laughs> but I mean, on a Tuesday night in Los Angeles, a distracted city where there's a million things to do, that place was bonkers last night. Yeah. It's great. All right, I've got a great parlay for you this weekend thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. New users use the code HERD, H-E-R-D, when you download the app. Now for the parlay pick of the week via DraftKings Sportsbook. I like the Ravens at home, minus seven against the Rams. NFC teams this year, Detroit, Seattle, that have gone east to face Lamar Jackson and that speed offense have been clobbered. I'll take the Ravens to win by over a touchdown. The Browns have Joe Flacco, but their defense at home should shut down the Jags, who won't have Trevor Lawrence or Christian Kirk. He's having surgery. I like the Browns by a touchdown. Chiefs minus two and a half at home over the Bills. They're better. They're bouncing off a loss, which they normally do. And I just don't trust the Bills in a big spot. Ravens, Browns, Chiefs, home favorites like them all. If you want to take the herd parlay, check out DraftKings Sportsbook. New users, please use the code HERD, H-E-R-D, when you download the app. Takes a minute, that's all. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. See show notes for full details. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. 
They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. One of the reasons the Jets brought Aaron Rodgers in is when you are a dysfunctional franchise, and it's the same reason they brought Brett Favre in. When you're a dysfunctional franchise and you've got structural mayhem and chaos and ineptness all through a building, one of the reasons and ways to solve that can just be go get a great quarterback. I mean, that's 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 one of the ways you solve problems in the NFL. Just go get a great quarterback. Now, usually if it's in the draft, that quarterback can't overcome chaos. Andrew Luck was good enough to do it. Um, I think I think Caleb Williams at USC could overcome a lot of chaos. If you look at the Houston Texans a year ago today, they were the laughing stock of the league. They got the coach right. They got the quarterback right. Now you're like, that's a playoff team. That's what's great about the NFL. It's the League of Hope. Bill Parcells once took a 1-15 Dolphins team. He didn't even coach. He said, I'll, do, I'll be the GM. I'll fix your roster. He gave it to Tony Sperano, rest in peace, and they won like 11 games. Like It doesn't take that much in the NFL. Seven, eight draft picks, couple free agents, the right coach, the right quarterback. The Chicago Bears, there's a story in The Athletic today that the Bears need to go out and get Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. I think he's more important to college football than he is pro football, but it is interesting. He's a Midwest guy, and the Bears are a huge Midwest NFL brand. The Bears are not that far off. They have a number one receiver in D.J. Moore. The Texans didn't. They had to go find Tank Dell in the draft. They have an elite edge rusher, Montez Sweat. Again, the Texans had to draft that. They already have Montez Sweat in the building. They already have a good left and right tackle, Braxton Jones and Darnell Wright. Those are good players. And they have two of the top picks, like Houston did. So they could go get a quarterback, like Houston, and the best defensive player in the draft, like Houston did. Will Anderson, C.J. Stroud, right coach. <laughs> Stir, got yourself, looks like a playoff team. So Chicago's actually got a number one receiver and a really good pro in the building who's already an edge rusher. So there's a lot to work with. Also, that division for the Texans is wonky. So is this one. The Lions are good but fading, and they're going to lose Ben Johnson, their OC, in the offseason, and he could be the magic potion in that building. Minnesota, who's their quarterback? Green Bay, I like Jordan Love now, but we don't know if he's the future. He looks better now than he did five, six weeks ago, or he's a disaster. But there's a lot to work with here. Or he could stay at Michigan with the NCAA, especially if Michigan wins. They may be in a very, very bad mood, and Michigan taunting them, winning a national championship, NCAA could come down really punitively. Also, Harbaugh's going to lose 18 to 20 players in the draft. Wouldn't it be an advantage like it was for Jimmy Johnson early in Dallas or Pete Carroll early in Seattle where you go to the NFL and you know the college personnel much better? Tom Coughlin went from Boston College to Jacksonville in the NFL. He just knew the personnel better than everybody else. So there's a lot There's a lot going for Chicago if they get Caleb Williams, the best defensive player in Harbaugh. It'll be interesting. Now, Michigan still recruiting uh, the five-star quarterback out of uh, Detroit, Dante Moore, who played at UCLA for a year, transferred out. He's visiting Michigan, so as the Buckeyes lost a quarterback this week, they could be gaining a five-star quarterback from their state. That would be a reason to stay. But um, the Athletics saying Chicago should go after him, and I think you can look at the blueprint of the Houston Texans. You get the coach and the quarterback right, that second early pick right, get the best defensive player, which Houston did, Rinse and repeat it. it. It really is what makes the NFL great. You're always a good draft and the right coach away from being maybe not a Super Bowl team, but certainly a wild card team and playoff viable. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Tonight on FS1, we got a great game coming your way. This 12th-ranked Texas takes on number 8 Marquette. It all tips off tonight at 7.30 Eastern on FS1. Okay, breaking news with the New York Jets. Robert Sala, the head coach in this ongoing circus, just announced that Zach Wilson will start this Sunday against the Texans. Gives him a fighting chance. He said Zach is, quote, fired up, unquote, and gives them the best chance to win, which is probably true. Um, you know, again, I, I will say this. I'll be glass half full guy because all the New York teams right now are underwhelming. Again, th- there's a glimmer of hope for the Jets. I don't think Zach Wilson's going to beat the Texans. I don't think they're going to win many games going forward. But if you look at the mock draft board right now, the Jets are at six. And remember, the teams ahead of them, Washington plays the Jets, and they're a better team right now. And Chicago's trying to win, and they're all four and eight. So my takeaway is I don't see a lot of W's for the Jets. They could easily end up with the number four pick in this draft. And that's a great pick. Remember, they could get the best offensive tackle, the Penn State kid who's a generational left tackle. Uh, The best tight end, Brock Bowers from Georgia. The second best wide receiver, be it Washington's or LSU's. Uh, The third or fourth best quarterback, though I would not go there. These are all real needs. So what, you know, the, the Jets are very, actually a little lucky. What they need is a left tackle number one, a star receiver number two, um, a tight end would help number three. They're all there in a great draft and those positions have, are well stocked. The, the other thing the Jets could do, they could move down four or five spots and get that number two second round pick back for Aaron Rodgers. And they could still get then the second best left tackle or the third best receiver or the fourth best quarterback. Again, it's, it's, this is not the NBA. You can get a high-end starter at a position of need, and he can be really, really good. If you go to the last several years in the NFL, uh, we have had some great young left tackles come out. Uh, Panay Sewell for the Lions is a monster. Uh, Thomas for the Giants had a rough rookie year, but he's great now. Uh, Slater for the Chargers was a first-rounder. Tristan Wirfs, right side, left side, he's great. Christian Darisol, um was a first-round guy for the Vikings. He, a lot of times, he will rate as the highest-rated tackle in football. So there's a lot of good left tackles out there. I do not think the Jets should pursue a quarterback with their first pick. This franchise has so much instability, it needs... It needs guarantees. It needs foundational pieces that can start and play. It doesn't need a a guy that's annoying the heck out of Aaron Rodgers behind him. Listen, you're in on this Aaron thing. And I may roll my eyes at a lot of Aaron's, you know, uh, oracle, uh, silence retreat stuff, whatever. He's almost 40, single, never married, no kids. It's a different life, right? He's living his best life. So a lot of this stuff I just roll my eyes at. But... You got to be all in on Aaron. That's the, he, the only way to solve a lot of this stuff quickly is with Aaron Rodgers. So I think you can make an argument. You trade down that first pick, and you wouldn't have to go far down because there are so many good quarterbacks and so many teams that need them. You could get two seconds and a fourth moving down two spots, and I, you could still get the second best left tackle. So I, I the Jets, there's a glimmer of hope. Again, look what the Texans did. I do think, and I said this yesterday. I think Robert Sala has to take the franchise over. I think Robert Sala has to say, you know what, Hackett is not really my ideal choice. I'm not calling to have people fired, but that thing's not working. It didn't work in Denver. It was a disaster, clearly. He was over his head. It's not working here in New York. They'll move Zach Wilson out of the building. I'd get Nat Hackett out. I would probably move Sauce Gardner, who's a very good corner, top four or five in the league, maybe top three, but you can get multiple picks. So you could get picks for Gardner, or you could move down two or three slots and get more picks. It's not the end of the world. They're actually in a good spot. By the way, speaking of New York, I watched the Knicks last night uh, get whacked by uh, Dame and Giannis. And, uh, like, like, listen, New York sports are a mess. Uh, the glimmer of hope is New York, but let's be realistic about the Knicks. In the NFL, you can do a lot of things right. In the end, you got to have a Mahomes. You know, you got to have a great superstar quarterback to win Super Bowls. That's just the way it is. And in the NBA, you can have a bunch of above-average players. you got to go find your Giannis. you got to find your Steph, your, your LeBron, your Durant. 
So last night, Bucks played the Knicks. Giannis is a two-time regular season MVP and a one-time finals MVP. And Dame is a seven-time All-NBA guy and a number six pick. Okay, those guys were humming offensively. And all the guys the Knicks have who are nice players didn't look nearly as good as two of the best 75 players who have ever played in the history of the sport. Like Milwaukee's got two of them, the Knicks have none of them. They're going to take a big swing here. I like Jalen Brunson. Julius Randle can drive me nuts, but he's okay. Uh, R.J. Barrett, I think he's better than his critics say. But they're not top 75 guys of all time. And when you watch the Bucks last night, when Dame's hitting and Giannis is playing well, and you watch that offense, Knicks couldn't do a thing with Tom Thibodeau. Couldn't do a thing defensively. Couldn't stop him. So it's the same thing. You take Jason Tatum out of the Celtics, they're okay. They're okay. Denver Nuggets, go look at their history. They've had they've had a lot of great players. And then they got Jokic. Like, this this whole Knicks thing, I mean, they play hard. They got a defensive coach. Last night was a great example watching that game. They couldn't get stops. Of course they couldn't. They don't have anybody that can stop Giannis. Of course they couldn't stop Dame. Both those guys just made the all-time NBA, you know, top 75 list. You know how good you have to be to be a top 75 player of all time? <laughs> You're going back to Mikan. I mean, it's just like, you've got to be unbelievable. Knicks don't have one. And so, and by the way, you can see what happens to the Knicks this year. They're 10-0 and against teams that are 500 or worse. And they're 2-8 and against winning teams. So it's just like the NFL. It's all fool's gold. Got to have a Mahomes. NBA, you got to have a Giannis or two. And, um, you know, what the Knicks feel like, they feel like structurally the Raptors right before Kawhi got there. And, and the Raptors were good, and they made the playoffs, and there was a lot of hope, and you liked the coach, and you kind of thought they kind of got their act together now here in Toronto, and then they got Kawhi, and you win a title. That's what the Knicks need. But you watched them last night, I'm like, yeah, they just can't get stops. This is Giannis, Dame, hot, can't get stops, nothing they can do. And so, you know. But, I mean, they have some pieces. They got the Toronto Raptors pre-Kawhi. They got some pieces. You can like the coach. They're not, they're not as goofy as they were years ago when they took big swings on guys past their prime that were really expensive. I kind of feel like the Knicks are well-run now. But they need a guy. All right, J-Mac. I watched that one, and I watched the Lakers-Suns, uh, which was a crazy, entertaining basketball game for a regular season NBA game. Hey, can we, can we go back to uh, Zach Wilson and the Jets real quick? Sure. So they just announced Zach Wilson as the starter. What do I do? I'm a degenerate. I go right to the app, see what the line is, see if there's any impact of Zach Wilson Half a as the starter. Your thoughts. Half. What do you? What would you guess the spread is? It was seven early this week. I would say Zach Wilson is worth half a point over Tim Boyle, so it's like the wins above replacement. I don't think Zach Wilson's usually worth a point or half a point, but above Tim Boyle, it's half a point, six and a half. So it was six and a half, after, seven, six and a half, six, and now it's five and a half. So yeah. I think people were buying the anticipation that Zach would accept being the starter, got out in front of it, got the six and a half. What and you six. want, you want your starting quarterback in the NFL to be worth somewhere between five and a half points and nine and a half points. Yeah. That's what you want. And Zach Wilson's probably worth half I'll a say, point. I'll say Houston picked off Russell Wilson three times. So this no, defense I, is improving. No, no, no. Houston is, th- that defense is legit. One more herd? The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Hi, it's the herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Teams are knocking on the door of the conference finals, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. It's fantastic. Super easy to get started with DraftKings. If you're a first-timer, really easy. Try betting on something like a team to win. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook's app, select your team, and place your first bet. It's that simple, really. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www1 800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility 
liability and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. All right. So I was thinking about Dak Prescott, J-Mac. And he's having the best year of his career. He's now odds-on favorite up there with the, the great Brock Purdy to an MVP. And I was saying to the guys this morning, we were all talking about, as a team, about Dak Prescott winning the MVP and the Cowboys as a whole. And I said, you know what this year reminds me of? It reminds me of the Cam Newton year and the Matt Ryan year where the Panthers and the Falcons got to the Super Bowl, eventually lost, but I'll get to that in a second, is that everything is kind of lining up. First of all, for Dak to an MVP. You know, I mean, it's, you know, you got, you got Aaron Rodgers is hurt and Burrow is gone and Mahomes is trying to work with all these kid wide receivers. So he's having a down year and Josh Allen's a turnover machine. So it's kind of lining up for the MVP. But in terms of teams, this Dallas team feels a little like that Carolina team that went 15 and one. Big emotion, blew out a lot of teams, was great playing with a lead, was good home and away, but better at home, great defensive players, multiple pro bowlers and playmakers on the defensive side. Remember that Carolina team? And then the Atlanta Falcons team reminds me of this Cowboys team because both had Dan Quinn coaching the defense, both had one star receiver, CeeDee Lamb for the Cowboys, Julio Jones, the quarterback, Matt Ryan, had come off a heavy interception year, and the year they got to the Super Bowl, he cut way back on his picks. Dak last year tied for the NFL leading picks. They've come way down this year. They had one great pass rusher, one great offensive lineman. Again, a Dan Quinn defense. So I didn't think that Carolina team was great. The Atlanta team was great, and I don't think Dallas is great. And eventually, Carolina and Atlanta were beat by a legendary quarterback with a number one defense. Brady, that Patriot defense, was number one, came back to beat him in that game, shouldn't have did. And then that Peyton Manning-Denver defense, remember, they went on to beat uh, the Cam team. So it's like, you know, so if Mahomes ends up playing Dallas, it'll, to me, I would take Kansas City and Mahomes to beat Dallas. It'd be a legendary quarterback. Uh, but it does feel a little bit to me, this Dak-Dallas team, Everything's lined up. Everything lined up that year for Carolina. Big emotion, defensive playmakers, a lot of blowouts, played downhill, heavy emotion, and a quarterback who's good, Cam Newton was good, having a great year. A quarterback who's very good, Matt Ryan, having a great year. A quarterback who's good to very good, Dak, having a great year. So it, it kind of, uh, Mike McCarthy's talks about Dak's season so far. It's the level of productivity and, you know, and I think the consistency of it, you know, to be able to go out there week in and week out and put your team in, in position uh, through production and performance uh, to win the game. And, and he's obviously done it at an extremely high level here last six, six weeks. Uh, by the way, uh, Coach is having an appendix uh, taken out today. Is that what he's having? So we wish Mike McCarthy luck. Um, he's had a great year. 
He'll be back on the sidelines, but we do wish Mike the very best. He's a good guy, um, and he has had a great year. And we, we said this time and time again. If I come out and I beat up on people from time to time, and I kind of took Aaron Rodgers' side on the Mike McCarthy-Aaron Rodgers split, but i got to be fair here. Mike built up Green Bay to get to a Super Bowl, and this team right now is playing great. That offensive line's as good as it's been in three years. C.D. Lamb, Dak is unbelievable. Dak's having an unbelievable year. we got to be fair here. You can be rigid. You can be stubborn. We have new information now. Aaron's the one struggling. Mike McCarthy's not. He's had a great year. I know nobody wants to hear this, but he's got to be considered for Coach of the Year. I know you don't want to hear it, but he's got to be considered. Lost Kellen Moore. We're all sitting there thinking, this isn't going to work. Nah, I don't know. Pretty good. Got to consider him. Wait a minute. Coach of the Year? They are the first, second, or third best team in the league. Is that out? You got wow. Brock Purdy being MVP, and I can't say Mike McCarthy's in the running for Coach of the Year. I mean, can he beat a couple good teams first? Can, can we, is that too much to ask of Mike McCarthy? Can you get a couple nice wins? Like, yeah, pasting Washington by 40 right. and the New York Giants led by uh, Tommy DeVito. Yeah, whoop. Come on. Coach of the Year? Number he ran one, off Kellen Moore, by the way. Number Well, number one scoring offense. Dak's having his best year. Okay. Hmm. Wow. After the bye, this team's looked totally different. Good coaches make a difference so after the bye. who's done a better coaching job? Uh, McCarthy or, say, I don't know, D'Amico Ryans in Houston, which was like a four or five win team. Yeah, but Houston's not as good as Dallas. Yeah, but they're way better than they were supposed to be. I'm just saying. I'm not saying he Shane has to Steichen win. Shane Steichen with a backup quarterback. No, no, Dallas. no. Shane Steichen is who I would give the award to. Okay. But what if they lose their next three? Mike McDaniel or McCarthy? I think Mike McDaniel should be considered. What if he loses his next two? What if what if McCarthy loses? Dallas his has a lot of W's on that slate. I'm wow. just saying. Number one in point differential. Something. It's very Carolina Did, Panthers. I need to check your phone, see if Jerry Jones was texting you last night. <laughs> what is this McCarthy? No, I mean, I, maybe it's my guilt. I'm not even, you know, I don't have any religious guilt. I'm agnostic, but it, maybe it's some guilt that I beat up on a guy for years, and in the end, it's like we have new information. The pilot's been landing the plane. He's been avoiding the, the storms and the turbulence. He's had a good year. He's had a good year. Yeah, yeah, we could say that. And by, by the way, we, you have this a lot of times. To win a Super Bowl is not just having the best players. Things have to line up for you. Kansas City got to one and got blown out because they lost their tackles. Generally in the Super Bowl, you got to get some breaks. A rival doesn't play as well. A coach gets fired. A star gets hurt. It's not just the best team. we got a salary cap here. There are no great teams in the NFL. San Francisco's got a lot of good players. Now they're missing their safety. We don't know how good Brock Purdy is. The right side of their O-line's okay, not great. You know, it's just, and again, you think they're going to be healthy in the playoffs? Everybody's available? I don't. Somebody will get banged up. San Francisco's as close as you can get with a salary cap now to a great team. But they don't have a great quarterback. They have a quarterback who's a product of his environment that's playing very well. Good, not special. Sorry, but we'll see. Now, here's the other thing. And so if I said to you, Buffalo, you would say, I would say, what a disappointing season. What a mess. Defensive coordinator quit. They had to fire the offensive coordinator. Vaughn Miller's got legal issues. Josh Allen's productive, but a turnover machine. McDermott still can't develop a consistent run game. They're 6-6. Six and six. What a disappointment. And then you look up and you go, wait a minute. <laughs> if they win Sunday at Kansas City, they're seven and six. They've already obliterated Miami. They will have beaten Kansas City. Joe Perot's done. Trevor Lawrence isn't coming back for a month. Week to week in this league, perception and reality changes. Like this is the season for the. If they beat Kansas City, they're seven and six. And you know, and I know, they match up really well with Miami. Miami can't stop Josh Allen. They haven't in four years. Vic Fangio or not, Miami cannot stop Josh Allen, especially in the red zone. He owns them. And if they beat Kansas City, they're 7-6. and six. No Joe Burrow. So, <laughs> uh, Sean McDermott uh, talks about their stretch run. The encouraging thing is everything, all the goals that we, that we set for ourselves are still within our reach. You know, obviously we have some adjustments we need to make. Um, when you look at overall with our um, the games we have lost, they've, they've been either turnover-based or, or one score based on the, on the defensive side getting off the field. And then, obviously, special teams is baked into all that. Bills, Chiefs. I like Kansas City, but if Buffalo wins, got a real team, 7-6. and six. It's been a very choppy year. Remember, again, it's not linear. These seasons last a long time, 
uh, teams that Jordan Love was awful in October. It's pretty good now. Three weeks in a row, pretty good. Kansas City's young receivers, a disaster early. Rasheed Rice getting better. What if they what if they hammer Buffalo this weekend? So it's like this stuff all takes time. Trevor Lawrence, now he's not playing. Joe Burrow out for the year. All right, so what happens if Buffalo loses? Falls to six and seven, and then, they lost like every single close game that mattered this okay, year. Then it's a different story. But you can change your story in this league very quickly. Six and six. I mean, we still got we've we've got five weeks to go. That's Who does this lot. game mean more to? Bills or Chiefs? Bills. Oh my god, the Bills. Kansas City's gonna be fine. They're just trying to figure oh, are out. Are they really? Yeah. Look at their division. Chargers mess. Well, Raiders well, we know they're going to make the playoffs, but that's not the standard for this team. But this I mean, Buffalo, we don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. By the way, the breaking news today, Zach Wilson is starting for the New York Jets this weekend against Houston. Lines come down a bit. So Zach Wilson starting. Uh, that's been an incredibly turbulent story. Uh, Robert Sala gets control of it. Diana Rossini saying Zach Wilson didn't want to start. Uh, kind of had to be talked into it. There's health concerns. Whatever. I trust Diana Rossini's reporting. I've known her for a while. She's really smart, really good, really trustable. So the Jets have to write this ship. It's a bit of a circus. They did. Zach Wilson starts. And they have released Tim Boyle. I think that was yesterday. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Oh. oh, my. There's a lot. First of all, Michigan, Bama, Texas, Washington. How lucky are we? Who's got it better than us? Uh, it's going to be a great playoff. I think it's... it's it on paper has a chance to be the uh, maybe the best group of games that we've had in the playoff era. You know, we've always had like a stinker, and and both of these look like they could be really good. Games. I don't think either's a stinker. I don't think so either. These are really good games, really good teams, the four best teams. I'm not. A, I don't use the word travesty much in okay. sports. Like I'm not a big travesty guy. Sure. Um, you like to bring it down. I'm you, a you like bit. to you know like be reasonable. I like to see myself, like in Vegas, they call it when somebody's hot at the table, they bring over a cooler. And it's a person that's a bad luck person that stands by the table. I li- I'm the wet blanket on sports takes. Oh, interesting. Okay. I am, I am usually, like, it's not that big of a deal. And people call me impassionate and I don't care. My takeaway in Florida State is you're trying to get out of that conference because it's so weak. Your conference stinks. You look terrible. Deal with it. I, I didn't think it was a travesty. Well, and, and by the way, like, th- this is. Uh, I mean, it sucks for them. It does. Yeah. And, and do they deserve to be in there? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And and it's a flawed system. And yeah. we've talked about that from, from day one. And and do they de- deserve to be in? Yes. Guess who else deserves to be in? The SEC champion. Yeah. Guess who else deserves to be in? The team that beat the SEC champion. You know, and and I've said this from the get-go, Colin, and I've said it to you on this on this show before. The committee is always going to take the path of least resistance. They're human beings. It's 13 people that don't do this full time, by the way. Yeah. This is like, these are part time people that sit in there and they, they squirm at that. That's why I say it. It's yeah. a little bit of a needle. Administrators, you know, things like they, they are going to take the path of least resistance. Yeah. So look at the three options. You're saying no to Alabama, which is the premier program in the SEC, which has owned college football since the start of the BCS. That's 1998. You're giving them the benefit of the doubt. They just ended Georgia's 29-game win streak, and they were the defending two-time national champion. So that's a that's a tough and, no. And, by the way, Nick Saban is their head coach. You can't say no to Texas. They, they beat Alabama right uh, in Tuscaloosa by double digits. And then you have Florida State. And as good as Florida State has been, in particular on the defensive side, there is a clear distinction between the version of Florida State that was playing the last couple of weeks and the version of Florida State that beat LSU in, in week one. That difference is Jordan Travis, and the committee has in its bylaws the opportunity to evaluate the availability or unavailability of players, and particularly how it relates to their ability to play in the postseason. So guess what it was? The path of least resistance. That's what they took, like they always do. Brian Kelly, it's almost like he listened to our show and took it. He went on a two-minute rant yesterday, and he said, listen, the construct of this thing... Four spots, five conferences. Somebody's always every year. Of course. Aesthetically not going to be as pleasing. Of course. Every time we take the deserved team, Cincinnati gets in. The game's awful. I mean, it's, it's, listen, it's, I got nothing against anybody. It's, it's now well documented, the side I've taken on this. But if you're telling me Alabama as a 9 0 SEC champ doesn't get in, you're not watching the sport for a, 20 years. It's like I said, it's it's tough. It's a broken and flawed system. If if you want to do anything like increase the number of committees, increase the number of inputs, right? It's just listen, all of us took math. 
All right, statistics. You understand that in a 13-variable equation, if you change one of the variables, then the outcome is going to change quite a bit. Yeah. If you have a, a, an equation that is 1,000 variables and you change one of the variables, you're not going to get that much of, of, of a difference in your outcome. It's called statistical variance, right? Well, we just need more inputs into the equation. This is what happens when you get a, a committee that views something one way, and then they, they go with it. I'll give you an example. So when my wife and I travel, uh, thank God Anne comes along. If my kids, my family's Florida State, Anne's <laughs> our quarterback. If my kids, at this point old enough, had an option to go on vacation with us, but Anne wasn't going, the kids would not go. They're like, no, no. We're not going with dad no. organizing it. So Why? Anne's our quarterback. Because that's not one of your four best and, vacation options. And because if Anne's out, not the same family. <laughs> right? So my kids would be like, you know, Dad, we'll go next year skiing. Uh, Anne's not there. We don't want to be in an island. You screaming at the airport at us. So the reality is when you take the most functionally important player or piece of an organization out and it's yeah. not the same team, don't expect the same love and the same uh, curried-favored nation status because you're not the same team. Okay. I was once asked to come and be on a, a guest. I'm like, hey, you, will you be on herd? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, um, uh, just real quick, like, Colin's not going to be there today. Boom. And I was like, hard pass. Yeah. Sorry. I, I mean, I, you know, that's... I come here. I, I'm here for you, Colin. I'm here for America. Yes! Okay. Let's, let's get... Let's get down to business. You were and you, I, were you the guest host that week? I that have day? no idea, but I'm totally upset been. right now. Dude. Well, you know Jeez. what? First, it's a shirt. Now it's you don't want to come when I'm hosting. Yeah, Damn, okay, okay, Florida State. Harsh. Yes. Yeah. So um, Harbaugh to the NFL. Now we've asked you various times on this. I'm going to throw a theory at you. Okay. I am prone to do that. So Jim, his very nature. I mean, his his wife would joke about this. His brother would joke about this. You watch the HBO special. Jim's very intense. He's very unique personality. Sometimes you're not sure if it's a put on or it's real. And right, I mean, like you don't know. And I've been in a room with Jim. Is this an act? Is it Jim? Whatever. It's I'm not here an for, act, by the way. I'm here for both. That's right. So he people view it as Jim. He's a disruptor. That's his personality. We would we would both admit he's a disruptor. Totally. He's the Uber of this transportation industry yeah. he's the uber so jim is viewed as he is sticking his nose to the ncaa <laughs> with this connor stallion stuff which he by the way does not know about i believe him on that didn't know whatever but could the ncaa because they're not going to come out with a punishment until after the championship yeah michigan wins and they're ticked off and they're like okay you won yeah like watch this watch this that, not winning that, for, and I, by the way, I wouldn't put it past the NCAA. So a bunch of full of executives mm. that if Harbaugh wins, you know how the NCAA, NCAA sure. you know how executive branches want to feel important. I do think, like, um, for the last couple of weeks, you know, I've been, I've been sitting there and, and thinking about this, this idea that Jim's desire and, and, and by the way, he talks about it a lot to to have the players share in the revenue. Yes, you know how that is. You know, to those at the NCAA, that's an affront. You know, and and there were some in the industry that that have talked about that just being a bridge too far. And I thought to myself, well, that's interesting because he seems awfully targeted. Um, you know, at times. And again, I, I will admit, like some of this is self-imposed, right? Like, yes, Connor Stallions did the things that they're talking about. The question is, like, did Jim know? And, and by the way, I, I know that the evidence up to this point suggests that they don't know if Jim knew or not. And, and he says that he didn't. Okay, so I've felt to myself, like, maybe, maybe they're targeting him. Maybe they don't like this. Maybe they don't like what he's saying about the players. He's the only one saying it. Other coaches aren't out there taking their one interview when they get into the college football playoff and taking a portion of it and saying, hey, by the way, let's share the revenue with the players. You can see people's minds short circuit, you know, all over America because they don't want that. Um, and, and yet, yesterday, that changed for me because Charlie Baker, who's now the head of the NCAA, for, former governor of Massachusetts, I believe, yeah, proposed a, a, a new, basically, structure to NCAA athletics. And, and that proposed structure would be that there could be a new division Right, and we wouldn't have 
300 Division One schools, which we know is absurd because we're trying to, to govern, you know, the 300th school like we govern Ohio State and Alabama, and, and they're vastly different. And, and he proposed a structure where the, the schools that wanted to and the conferences that wanted to could start to basically, I'm going to paraphrase, pay the players, compensate them for non-educational opportunities. Yeah. And, and I would suggest that, like, that is a step toward yeah. creating funds via revenue distribution. So, long answer to tell you, I thought for a long time that he was a bullseye on his back and targeted by the NCAA. I don't, I don't know if I believe that today, sitting in front of you, because of the direction yeah. that now the leadership is pointing the NCAA yeah. in terms of that subdivision. Okay, we're going to talk Washington, Texas. They played in the Alamo Bowl. That's one of the playoffs. We're going to talk Bama, Michigan, because I have strong uh, opinions on both I games. I bet. That's what I'm paid to do. I, I, I know. I know. We go after it. We I, rattle cages. I, I agree. I mean, I rattled J-Mac's cage already today. Look, look, he doesn't even know what's going on over there. I'm sorry, J-Mac. It's I, just called Wednesday here. Yeah. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. All right, Joel Klatt, voice of college football for this network. All right. I got into a long discussion last night with an insider. Joel Clatt will be doing the USC-Louisville game. Holiday Bowl, December 27th. Yeah, it's always a good game. So, um, I like Washington to beat Texas. Okay, I, I do not like Texas's corners. It's the weakness of the team. Hmm. And I love Washington receivers, game planning, and quarterback. I think it's a bad matchup. I think Texas has more good players. I Games are matchups. I do not like the matchup for Texas. Um... I tend to agree with that. Now, now I, I think that that game is going to feature incredible skill position game planning on both sides. Yes. The speed that Texas puts on the field is incredible on the offensive side. And up front, defensively, they're one of the best teams in the country. So if their pass rush doesn't get to Penix, it's going to be a really long day. They're 95th, I believe, in the country in, in, in pass defense, and they're about to face the best passing team in the country. And three legitimate NFL-level receivers. Like these, they're deep at receiver. No doubt, but but it's 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 more than that because Kalen DeBoer and um and and the offense they they utilize those guys really well. Bunch sets, different style of release. Um, it, it's a very creative offense. There's a lot of speed on the field. And then the, the, the kicker is Dylan Johnson's pretty good, man. Like, they can run the football a little bit now. And, and that wasn't the case early in the season. So you couple that with the fact that this is the best passing game in the country, and Texas is going to have their hands full. There's yeah. no doubt. Now, is Washington a defense that I feel like is going to go out there and stymie Texas? No. No, no. but I also didn't think that they were going to stymie Oregon, to be fair, yeah. right? Um, Washington's got got a great chance. I was actually just with Sark. We were I was in Las Vegas. The National Football Foundation has their Hall of Fame banquet um, this this week, and uh, saw Dan Lanning, saw saw Sark, and we were talking about this game. And this is exactly the conversation. He was like, "Man, they can throw it," and he, and then he says, "But I don't know if they can deal with us up front." And yeah. that's, 100% that's a hundred percent fair. That's a, that's why Texas is favored. There's a sense that Texas could just run it, lean on them, a lot of speed. Sure. Control the clock, but I'm, I'm telling you, I have doubted Washington all season. I thought they were an eight-win team. I'm from there, and they just keep blowing. Maybe me away. that's why you're doubting them. You're from there. You're jaded. Maybe that's I don't know. Good maybe point. I, it could In be a lot of different ways. It, it could be, but the, but watch out for that Texas pass rush. That's their key to stop Penix. They have to get to him. They're not going to defend him with the secondary. Okay, Michigan, Bama. So uh, gosh, they, they, what a good game this is going to oh, be. Oh boy. So here's the thing, is that. Um, there's there's a there's a reason. I thought Alabama really outplayed Georgia, and it was close. And I thought they were outplayed by Auburn, and it was close. Is that um, I could argue that Michigan and Bama are not explosive enough. That sounds weird to blow each other out. No, I think you're right. It's going to be a lot of between the twenties, some field goals, some toughness. But I, I really feel like the best receivers Bama's had were the last previous years. Oh, yeah. No, and there's I think no doubt. the only hole in Michigan is I wish they had another star receiver. Okay. So I look at this game and I think anybody predicting a blowout, I think Bama-Alabama is going to look like the same team playing each other. Yeah. I, in, I really in a lot do. of ways, you're right. And, and by the way, it's not even just how they're built. But it's also the the philosophy with which they go about their game plan now. You know, with with Jalen Milrow, they've leaned into 
running the football, slowing it down a little bit. This is not Bryce Young and the great wide receivers. That's right. And, and, and it has worked for them. Now, does that mean that they aren't talented? No, no, no. Of course they're talented. Alabama's, you know, in a lot of ways, the most talented team in, in the country. But they have leaned into a certain style and philosophy that has slowed it down a little bit, leaned into where they're strong, leaned into the fact that their quarterback can run and the run game in general. Um, Michigan, we know that's what they are. I've coined this all year long, Colin. They're the boa constrictor. They're just going to squeeze and yep. squeeze and squeeze. They do not panic at any moment because they are built to eventually win. They're better than you at the line of scrimmage. Their quarterback is excellent. While they don't have you know, great dynamic wide receivers, they're good enough. The tight ends, strong. Their run game, deep. And you're, you're going to look in the mirror a little bit when these two teams g- get on the field, yeah. and, and they're going to be like, okay, like this is going to be a 60-minute slugfest. I could see something like 21-17 in just a really, really good hard-nosed game and a game that might re- reflect the way that the Ohio State-Michigan game played yes. out in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, and Michigan will be clever. They'll have a trick player, too. Sure. And I think, yeah, I mean, I think the three-point spread is like, that's what this game is. This game, to me, feels like 27-24 either way. I'll take Michigan, but wouldn't be shocked if the SEC champ wins. The Texas-Washington game, I think, is going to have way more dynamic, totally. big, over-the-top plays. I see that as more of the... Your, your, 33... Your, yeah, 42-38. Yeah, something like that. Could be a way better TV product. But way more maybe. fun. Maybe, but man, I tell you, watching Michigan play Alabama in the Rose Bowl, oh, that's, I mean, that's going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. And I hope we get the game that we hope uh, we we are going to get and that we're just laying out here. Okay, Caleb Williams, USC, I'm not going to play in the game. Doesn't bother me. Does it bother you? No, I mean, that's, that's their prerogative. I mean, they, these guys have a lot of autonomy now in college football and and part of that is as was the case i know it happened before this but christian mccaffrey was the one that really kind of started did it too right fournette did it as well there's been a lot of guys and now it's it's i would say more popular than ever if you're not going to play that's that's great now i would expect you to to leave what i what i would bristle at a little bit to be fair would be, I'm not going to play in this game, and I'm coming back. Yeah, that'd be weird. That would be weird. So, to me, this is a tell that he's going to leave, which, by the way, he probably should. He should be the number one overall pick. Okay, let me throw this at you. Uh, Joel Klatt, back when it was intramural, set all the Colorado football records, so he's close <laughs> to the program. Uh, 44 records, actually. Buffalo starting quarterback. I didn't even know there were 44 records a guy could hold at quarterback. <laughs> so, let me just say this. A lot of haters with Dion. I'm staff leaving, yeah. players transferring out. Are you worried at all about Dion? Um, it's weird. It's you know a what? lot of turbulence. You know what I, I get so frustrated with about the coverage of, of Dion in Colorado is that you know one player will transfer, one staff member will get another job, and then there's just like articles for days like their staff is leaving Dion, players <laughs> transferring. And I want to say like, yeah, you know what it's what you know what that's called? College football. It's happening to everybody. Players are leaving at Ohio State. Players and coaches are leaving at every single school. That's what this is. And in fact, we're in the blender right now of early December where you're trying to recruit high school kids. You're trying to recruit in the transfer portal. It's the coaching carousel going on. It's award season as well. Like The calendar in college football is so broken. Every program is dealing with this. And I get so frustrated. And and by the way, it's it's only because... Dion generates so much interest yeah. that people understand that they're going to get clicks and that they're going to get attention right. if they just say his name. And by the way, if we're negative, it might even increase that attention a little bit. And and that's what goes on. With Dion, everything is a 10. If you hate him, it's a 10. If you if you love him, it's a 10. There's no fives with Dion. You got to be on one side or the other. For the record, college football from this second forward, I get the best final four ever, Michigan, Bama, Washington, Texas. No weaklings, no posers, no deserve to be there. Got there. And then next year, I get the Big Ten and the SEC expanding and the 12-team playoff. I'm going to drink tonight to celebrate. I'm going to have a little party at my house and enjoy going into this holiday season. It's going to be great. The sport is going to explode. Oh, oh, these are champagne problems. Everyone's like, oh, okay, you know, college football is blah, 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 and they, they grumble. Keep grumbling. I don't college even, football's never been more popular. I don't even like eggnog. 
It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.